0: Hello and welcome to the Boss Lane podcast, it's your boy Ugo and on this episode we are going to be reviewing the weekend action as football made a comeback, I know all of you are excited just like I am. Uh, starting off with the action on Wednesday, um, all the way to Friday, as well as uh, what happened over the weekend. I'm um, this on Sunday, and as I record, actually, Liverpool and Everton are playing. It's still goalless, but I don't really care about that game because it doesn't really um, affect us. Uh, one of the things, uh, I think, one of the reality checks... Uh, as football is coming back, is uh, to know that, that Liverpool is actually going to be winning a title, and it's uh, it's annoying. But let's jump into into the weekend action, just kind of review everything that's gone on. We'll take, um, of course, a uh, more in-depth look into the Manchester United game against Tottenham and uh, review that game, but I just wanted to touch around um all the other games that were played over the weekend uh starting with Wednesday the games uh, kicked off with Aston Villa and Sheffield United um and the game you know just as expected you you know most of the teams are back rusty um you know to take take some time for players to get in you know in the rhythm in the match rhythm that you you typically expect from Premier League players um so that first game was was a bit strange uh, Aston Villa Sheffield United It was a draw, a scoreless draw. However, there was some controversy uh, with the goal line technology um, as it seemed like the camera actually missed um, an obvious goal. And I think um, while it it does benefit us that Sheffield United didn't win that game, um, it was a, a, a tragic mistake. And I think the biggest question really is when technology fails, which we have to you know sometimes, expect that that would happen. You know, there are some um, unforeseen circumstances and reasons why technology could, could fail. Uh, you know, what failed was just there was no backup to the technology, and, and I think that was where the VAR was supposed to come in uh, and make a decision right there. Okay, so you know, that was missed, but um, by the technology, but then you know. It, the Replay suggests that it was clearly a goal. So, you know, what is the VAR there for if they, they can't um, assist the technology? Um, you know, when the technology fails, so it was um, a shocker to say the least. Um, the technology provider Hawkeye uh, actually did release a statement apologizing uh, for the problem, uh, but yeah, it's it's um. It, you know if if you are in Sheffield Uniteds shoes it, it must hurt you know because if that does indeed become a factor um we, you know or this deciding factor against you getting um you know Champions League spot or even a Europa spot then that's significant financially and and I would say maybe we haven't heard the last of uh the Hawkeye situation because I think um if if it actually comes down to just you know two points or something like that then you know Sheffield United you know may sue them you know and and who who would blame them if they did but anyways that result actually did favor us because um Sheffield United had a game in hand and um that game in hand was a draw so means that they are uh they were two points uh behind us and um yeah and so it's good it's good for for Manchester United but uh, but again very bad day for uh, the Premier League officiating uh, just in the very first <laughs> return back to football. The cracker came after that. It was Chelsea as uh, Manchester City versus Arsenal, uh, highly anticipated um, master and uh, prodigy <laughs> meeting. so Pep versus Ateta. Um, I know we love to give Arsenal a lot of banter, but I think they were really unfortunate in that game. Um, starting off with, you know, an injury to Granit Xhaka, um, a second injury to uh, Mari, the new defender they had just uh, brought in. Uh, so they had to bring in David Luiz, and I don't think David Luiz did them any any favors. He was a fault for both for two goals. Uh, the first one was a lapse in concentration. Um, which you know got Sterling in and Sterling scored, and the second was just a you know a, a rash penalty and and he got got sent off as well. So it was it was interesting. I mean, Arsenal are in a very very strange place uh, these days. Uh, from a banter perspective, it's fun, but yeah, I can you know we can empathise because we've been there, right? We've we've experienced some of these things that Arsenal is currently experiencing over the past couple of years. So. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's not always fun. I think from a fan's perspective, I suppose they are not feeling that great because right after that, <laughs> they also lost again, uh, in the dying minute on Saturday against Brighton. So and the funny thing is Brighton actually did a double, uh, actually, you know, bids, um, Arsenal home and away this season, which is, which is crazy. Uh, the other game, um, was Norwich versus Southampton? Southampton actually beat Norwich by three goals to nil. So, I think it's safe to say that Norwich is probably, <laughs> probably going to go uh, down this this season. Uh, because I mean, you know, winning, you know, the, you know, I think they have to win about five games out of the the remaining eight to to stand a chance, and that's um, really unlikely based on the trends uh, that we've uh, noticed with them. Um, the other game um, Saturday, and I'll come back to the Manchester United game because it was played on Friday as well, but that is going to be the, the focus for the show. Uh, but yeah, but the other games, Watford versus Leicester, um, another one that actually benefits us. It was a draw. Um, like I said earlier on, Bright- Brighton actually beat Arsenal two goals to one. It was an interesting game because, um, you know, Arsenal sc- scores first. Wonderful strike from Nicolas Pepe. Um, and, uh, you know, through some defensive lapses, they concede an equalizer. Uh, very, very scruffy goal. And then um, Mopé, in the dying minutes, actually <laughs> uh, got a winner. And it was, um you know, maybe really salt to injury just simply because, um, uh, insult to injury just simply because, um, you know, Mopé, you know, had a clash with Ben, Nelo, uh, ben Leno with, that sent him off. Um he got injured, he landed awkwardly after a clash with um with with Mope and, and you know, so there there was a little bit bit of bad blood and there was a lot of scuffles, scuffles and Gwendosi, you know, tried to <laughs> try to take um um Mope down in a in a clothes you know, for those of you who watch WWE. So it's it's um yeah, it was I think I think you could see Arsenal spiraling and I would say, you know, it's Final eight games, probably just a good time to just, you know, work on your team, you know, take it as a preseason almost because it seems like, you know, there, there are really uh, serious troubles, uh, problems uh, um, at the club currently. Moving on, um, Wolfhampton versus West Ham. This one ended uh, in favor of Wolfhampton. I mean, you know, these are the other guys who are really, really, you know, breathing down our necks. Um, actually, now they are. You know at, lev- uh, at level with us um, So Wolves is, is you know The dark horse in this top four race And everyone needs to pay attention Because I think they do have what it takes um, To actually break into the top four Or maybe displace us from the top uh, for, from, from from you know position number five So I, I think Wolves is a, is a very very strong contender In that regard Um, The other game was Crystal Palace against Beaumont So Crystal Palace beat Beaumont 2-0 and finally, on Sunday, Newcastle versus Sheffield United, another beautiful result for us because Sheffield United is another team in that top four hunt. Um, they got beat 3-0 uh, by Newcastle. So that was a really, really good result for us. Um, they lost, I think, one of their really, really good defenders, um, center, center backs. Um, and then, of course, Dean Henderson is not going to be playing against his parents club uh, when we play Sheffield United on Wednesday and finally the heartbreaking one Aston Villa versus Chelsea Chelsea scores two quick goals in I think less than three minutes or something like that uh, to come back to to beat Villa Um, so now Chelsea has opened up a five point gap ahead of Manchester United and yeah, so it's it's gonna be tough. But um yeah, as 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 you would hear soon, I mean there's no need to really panic, I think. Um on the grand scheme of things, a one one draw with, with Tottenham is not so bad bad and, and we can we'll see we'll see reasons why that is. So that is it. I mean, like I said, um Everton Liverpool is ongoing at the moment. Um really doesn't matter to us, but you know. Who knows what's going to happen? Liverpool is going to get crowned anyway. So anyway, boohoo. hoo um, Yeah, so for the recap of the game, the actual main event for our episode today, um, Manchester United versus Tottenham. Um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer uh, picked his starting lineup. Uh, they played in a 4-2-3-1 formation. So with De Gea in goal, uh, Maguire and Victor Lindelof as partners in the centre-back positions. Um, Shaw as at left back and Aaron Wan-Bissaka at right back and in the midfield uh, you have a double pivot of um, Fred and Scott McTominay and right in front of them is Bruno Fernandes and in the attack uh, you, he went with the three of Rashford at, uh, operating primarily from the left Martial through the center and Daniel James uh, through the right. I think we started the you know we started brightly um you know tottenham you know came, came you know had kane son um they did i think the only surprises were they started dire it's not necessarily a surprise with Jose. they started dire ahead of, of uh, tobias aldivar and and Vertigan. um but yeah but but yeah they had you know mostly their full complement think lucas was out as well and dele was suspended but they had son kane Lamella. Um, up front, and then they had um, uh, Harry Winks, um, Sissoko in in midfield. Uh, Ben Davies was playing at left back, I believe, and Serge Aurier at right back. Steven Begwine coming from the right, who scored their goal. Anyway, uh, I think the formation Ole picked was not um, surprising. I mean, I think it was, it's something that we've seen this season. Uh, Some of us maybe felt that there was a possibility that he was going to go with three at the back uh, considering that you know Tottenham is a, a a decent side and is one you should take seriously and uh, but no he went uh, with a four man defense um this, this, the I think this, the selection if if we're being completely honest is not terrible i mean Scott McTominay was performing great before the season was suspended um Fred has been amazing Bruno you know what do we have to say. <laughs> Nothing more. Bruno is, is amazing. He's exceptional. And, you know, I think the only surprise probably Rashford coming straight back into the team. Um, Pogba on the bench uh, with Matic. Uh, but at the same time, and, you know, maybe I think in hindsight, I'd say, you know, maybe. Mason ahead of of DJ and I'll, I'll tell you why very shortly but but I think besides that I think that the, the starting 11 was was okay I think it's what we we've come to expect when we um you know as, as a Manchester United team um you know for the most part of the season that team has been the team really um you know p- playing for most for, for most games and Pogba was out what um, since December 2019. So um, he was always going to be eased back into the team. And, and we we heard those rumors and early team news suggesting uh, that as well. Um, so starting with the defense and their performance in the game, I think um, the defense was, was um, mostly solid. I think for the most part, I think we only conceded a few chances. I think I, now that I think about it, besides the Bergwijn goal and the Son header and I think Son... A snapshot from far. I can't really recall them actually troubling uh, David De Gea a lot. Um, So the defense was really solid in that regard, um, except for the mistake that led to the goal. And and I think when you look at it, um, a catalogue of errors starts with Luke Shaw's um, decision making around who to head the ball to, because essentially he headed that ball back to Norman's land, and that really puts pressure back on you. So typically, um, for more elite players or players who can make the right decision, they probably would have, you know, um, brought the ball under control and maybe went back, uh, found space, and then recycle attack. And I think Shaw probably was a little too hasty uh, to head the back the ball back, and he headed it into almost no man's land. Uh, you know, putting Rashford in a, in an awkward situation to, to to try as hard as possible to, um, you know, recover. And that that you know the ball got loose. Steve Begwine with unbelievable pace, unbelievable pace, and it was a beautiful run, almost like a maze, maze-y run, a, a zigzag. And he he really he really got got hold of Maguire. He found Maguire in no man's land, and you know he did him for pace. Um, Maguire was poorly positioned, and I think it all happened because when you are in when you are supposed to be. Uh, in possession of the ball, you don't expect you know that kind of loose ball, and I think by the time Maguire could recognize, uh, that the ball was was going to you know fall for Bergwijn, he was already in a very very bad position, so he was not, uh, he was you know even in a half turn position almost, which kind of puts him off balance when, with the the, the zigzag run that Bergwijn did, wonderful run, one, and intelligence from Bergwijn as well to to actually get. You know, live live my Maguire in his tracks. Um, the other error really was around. I think there was a little bit of hesitation from Lindelof to cover when the ball when Beguine was coming true. Um, I think there was just that slight hesitation. Um, or it could have been um, um. You know, he was a little slower than Begwine, but because Begwine is really fast, so. I mean, I I I don't want to really put too much blame on on Victor Lindelof because he was covering for Maguire's mistake and didn't get there on time. We've seen other tackles when he've been he's been able to get there and actually clear the ball. So I I don't want to be too harsh or, you know, on 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 Victor Lindelof. These things also happen. Um, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work for you, but but yeah, I mean Lindelof on another day maybe if he was either quicker or Uh, if he made the decision to go and close down, but I can understand why he was uh, slightly hesitant because he didn't want to, you know, vacate his own space because definitely that gives uh, Bergwijn, you know, gives him the opportunity to just, you know, pass the ball. And finally, David De Gea, of course, um, would be one that he wishes that he was a little bit much more um, concentrated on, uh, focused on. Um, It's Let's not forget that that shot came at him, you know, really hot. And we can't just say, oh, he should have, you know, saved it. Because sometimes when shots come... Uh, with that kind of velocity or, or, or velocity, you know, it, it it sometimes it's very difficult even for the best goalkeepers to to keep it out. I mean, you, you know, you can remember the goal against City, uh from Maciel and people were saying Edison should have kept it out. But if you look at if you really look at the way the ball was fizzed in, and you know, it, it really can deceive the goalkeeper. And I think when the when it, the shot is like that, it, it's really really difficult for goalkeepers to handle it. Nevertheless, um, you know, you could say that you know. If that happened several times in the game, the hair probably saves m- most of it for the most part. And I, I I don't want to get a hop on the bandwagon to say the hair is crap now and, you know, it needs to go, blah, blah, blah. I don't think we're there yet. And the truth of the matter with the hair is this let's just be very, very, very frank and clear here. The um, hair is on, you know, an enormous. Um, sum of money in terms of his wages um it's going to be very very difficult almost impossible to shift the hair um right now so um we're going to have to live with some of the mistakes um that happens dean henderson today for instance had his own howler you could say i mean but again one of those situations where i think the ball you know came in very hot so sometimes you just say it was a better shot and and you know if you sometimes you know you're in a better position to, to to stop it, other times you're not, and and a goalkeeper you know l- loads of things are going on to your mind. You're anticipating, you know, is this person going to place it to the left, to the right? You're, you're thinking about diving to the left, and then all of a sudden it's coming directly at you. Then you now have to readjust yourself to kind of keep it. So let's 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 cut them some slack, please. I I hear I see all the vitriol online, and I hear a lot of pundits who are piling on, and you know Roy Keane, I think made some, had some really disgraceful, um, sentiments. And I I should say something, really. Um, the past few weeks and the past few months, we've all been, you know, talking about how important it is, um, to, to, to love our neighbors, to treat people with respect, to reduce bullying online, to, you know, to stop racism and to stop these abuse and to have more meaningful conversations with one another rather than kind of, you know, go go off every single time and be super negative, you know, at every given time for, for, for time for, for every single small thing that happens. It seems like the the best reaction is negativity. And I hope that we can correct this awful behavior. Um, because you have a voice, you have to be more constructive about how you use your voice. And I think, um, you know, Roy Keane should know better than to, you know, disparage, you know, our own players the way he did. So I was disappointed in the way he, he went about that. And I saw quite a lot of people online uh, giving it to David, David De Gea. Now, we have played 12 games. David De Gea... Um, Victor Lindelöf uh, and Maguire have conceded three goals in twelve games. Three goals in twelve games. So let's let's be let's be let's relax here. This is against Tottenham. Tottenham is a very very decent side. Um, you know we didn't expect that they were going to be packing the bus the way they did. But again, it was Jose. But you know, but to the extent they did, it was really ridiculous. But I think that the, the, but the point though is that you know we went. Away to you know their 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 home and and we got a, we got a point and we played very very well we deserved more, much more than a point which was disappointing of course but let's not lose track of the big picture here and I think we're still in good stead moving on from the defense and where the mistake happened um, I think when. I think besides the mistake, I think the defense was solid. I think they did well enough. Besides the mistake, I think they were good. Maguire brought the ball out of the back very well. Lindelof played some really good passes. Um, Shaw you know, made some good runs, made some good passes. Probably didn't put enough crosses in for me uh, or you know, take the initiative to actually put more balls on the box and things like that. I think he can improve on that. I think he's one that likes to cut in and... It doesn't always it it becomes a little bit too predictable when you do it, and I think they could they could actually you know they targeted him basically you know and and almost could read exactly what he was going to do each time. On the other on the other end on the other side of the pitch from our right uh, wing back, um, um, Aaron Wampasaka, he did put in a few crosses. Most of them were not. Necessarily pinpoint, but I think there were two of them that were really tantalizing, and, and maybe if we had someone on the on the end on the on the end of them, then that would have been great. Uh but yeah, I mean, yeah, the, it's just one thing, you know. Aaron Wan-Bissaka continues to improve. This is his first year playing for a club like Manchester United. This is his second year, as, essentially, or his yeah, you could say, you know, two and a half years since he started playing first team football. So let's let's calm down with Aaron Wan-Bissaka and his forward move he's going to get better with time um so just best believe that he's going to get better with time and um in terms of his forward runs and his contribution from an attacking sense. Uh, but yeah, defensively, you can never fault Aaron Wan Bissaka. I think Jose decided not to even <laughs> attack from that angle. Son was completely quiet. Uh beside the besides the header, he 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 was basically anonymous in the game. Um, you know, I think he had to even drop deep at times, try to isolate isolate himself from Aaron Wan Bissaka because you know you, you there's just nothing you could do about <laughs> Aaron Wan Bissaka, anyways. Um, um, so yeah, one, you know, had some 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 good runs and you know cut cut short off a few times, but yeah, but um, on the other side, it was uh, rock solid in the midfield. Um, I thought Scott started the game very very well. I think his defensive uh, awareness, his positional sense was amazing. He made the right decisions, kept it simple, nothing too crazy. But I think he made you know he 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 played in there was a, there was a ball actually where he played in um, Daniel James. Which was was really was really nice. I mean, Daniel James's uh, final delivery wasn't that good, but it was it was really nice to see Scott uh, play. Um, he played very well. I, I I don't understand again why people went in on Scott. Um, so Scott is not going to be like Pogba. He's not Pogba. That's not who he is. He's still learning the game. He's not. He's not Pogba's age. He's not Pogba's level. Um, but he he continues to grow and improve, and we could see that he is improving. And I think. Um, if we, I think we should start judging people based on their capabilities and their contribution to the team, rather than comparing them to people um who have a different skill set. And I feel like, uh, you know, both Scott and Fred suffered from such harsh criticism. Um, what more could they do? They played. They, I think they did all that they could. Um, Tot- Tot- Tottenham is a very good team. has a very good defensive uh, lineup, and they they packed the bus. They're so there's just what else would you do? And then, you know, you, you need someone like a Pogba to come in and, and change things, which he did. And we'll talk about Pogba in a second. But um, but yeah, I mean, I thought both both um, Scott and Fred had good games, relatively, um, you know, speaking, compa- you know, Considering the fact that everyone is coming back, uh there's still some rust going on and stuff like that. But I think for a first start, I think both of them were okay. Bruno was running the show. I think Bruno was, for me, um, and and we'll talk about man of the match in a second. But Bruno was just amazing. He was he did everything. He tried all. He was you know our top threat from an attacking sense. He had I think three or four shots. Um, you know, some of them were really, really close. I I, I hear, I heard people, <laughs> you know, um, going in on Bruno, which I don't understand, but yeah, Bruno, Bruno played very, very well. Like I thought he was exceptional, um, on, 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 on Friday and, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's beautiful to have him. I just, one of the, one of the most beautiful, um, passes of the game, uh, the, 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 the most beautiful pass of the game was from Pogba and I will talk about it, but I think that the, the pass to, to, to Martial. I uh, think it was Pogba starts it off, gives it to Bruno. Bruno has this Croypton, was mm. amazing Crofton. Um and then just slides the ball in for Martial. Now Martial is quicker, you know, and, and hits the shot first time, then it's a goal. Uh but I think he hesitated a little bit. And I think that was something. That was um a bit of a team, um, for our front front players. I think there was a bit of a hesitation. They were not um, as, as sharp as as they normally are, but then that is expected considering the fact that everyone is just coming back from a three-month layoff, um, you know, players like Black Rashford are even longer. So um, I'm not going to, you know, knock anyone for that. I think, um, you know, this is expected. You know, this is typically what you'd see in a preseason game as well. So let's just, you know, take it easy. Um, yeah, so Bruno was exceptional for sure. Um, in attack, uh, for me, I would say... Uh, Rashford started off well I think he made some really exciting runs um, had an opportunity by the way Hugo Lloris was amazing he was exceptional in that game uh, that was a snapshot where uh, I think uh, Sanchez had has, had misjudged um, a cross and uh, it fell for Rashford Rashford hits it one t- first time and and Lloris saves with his foot um i think rashford was a little tentative i think he wasn't as sharp as he typically is but that is expected he's he's not played since new year um he's been out for a very long time and he's gonna grow his match sharpness uh with time so i have no issues or or worries around that i think what was most important was that chances were created i could see them find a uh, pockets of space, I could see him running behind, I could see him running behind, even with Jose packing the bus, essentially, so I would say, um, yeah, Rashford played played really decent uh, football, but it wasn't as sharp as typically Rashford is, if he was as sharp as he, he normally is, I think we, we win that game easily, um, yeah, Martial had, you know, similar issues, uh, but, you know, had some really good, you know, drew some really good saves off of um, Loris and and, yeah he was on not to score um you know Loris was was amazing and then the the one with Bruno you know sliding him in and, and he missed uh, but yeah I think I think Martial, you know for the most part was was okay uh, he was okay w- without being exceptional but then again like I said um, you know the rust from not playing too many games and most teams are se- are having this most teams are having this issue so you know it's nothing new it's something that we're experiencing and and, and, and that's fine um daniel james is probably the only player where i had a challenge with um again you can put it out to rust and things like that but i think we all know that D- daniel james is limited when it comes to uh the decision making in the final third now now don't get me wrong i think he's still going to develop and still going to learn about this with time i think with experience and things like that but at this moment he doesn't have the capability to make to always to consistently make the right decisions when he is in those positions. And I, I actually f- wish that Mason had started over him. But again I can understand why um you know um Ole went with DJ because when you think about it, um that was the, the, the wing where Son is was was going to be operating from. Now I I don't care what anyone says Son is an Elite player and I would say probably you know i i think i've said it before son is one of my favorite players in the premier league he is an exceptional player he is you know he, he is as good as they come right so you don't want to you know leave him alone with erwan bisaka i think that was the thinking I, I think maybe Ole was Ole's calculation was that you know tottenham was going to attack us and and then dj would have the opportunity to uh to help um Aaron Wan-Bissaka from a defensive point of view because DJ actually helps defensively and then also hit them on the break uh, with with his pace. But um, that didn't pan out. And and I think when Mason came in, we saw a completely different uh, proposition. And I'll talk about Mason in a second. But yeah, I mean, I think among the forwards, I, I would say, that, you know, Dan James probably um, wasn't at the, the level of quality that we needed from that wing. And, which is why we need a right winger, an out and out right winger, because we have not had that that in time. Now for the for the substitutions, I think the substitutions were, were amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had hoped that the Pogba would come in uh, much earlier, but again, he has been out for a very long time. Um, I think Socha is trying to ease him in. Um, I, I hear a lot of um, people um, who. Who make these assumptions that Ole doesn't like Paul Pogba? And it's really ridiculous to, to say that. Because right from when Paul Pogba um, joined Manchester United, Solskjaer, so, and he was at Molde then, he wasn't even at United, said he would love to build his team around Paul Pogba. Paul Pogba had his best returns in his career, whole career, playing on that on a social last season. And I want you guys to, because I want things to be, I want to, to approach things factually. You know, I always want to be evidence-based and I want to, you know, give you the facts rather than kind of give you just, you know, and when it is my opinion, I'll give you my opinion. But, you know, from a factual point of view, Paul Pogba has benefited from Ole's um, return probably more than any other person. I mean, yeah, of course, you could say Rashford and Martial. All these guys are, you know, doing exceptionally well on the Ole. Uh, but, yeah, Pogba as well. And, and I, yes, there's been distractions with his uh, entourage, which I have consistently said that that's where my problem is with Pogba, is why is your agent, you know, making the kind of noise that he's making? You know, is, is there no civil way to discuss about your grievances or, you know, what needs to happen? Why are you airing this dirty laundry uh, in public? And why is your agent doing that? And why are you allowing your agent to do that? That has been my gripe with Paul Pogba for, for as long as you guys have known, you know, in terms of his ability, he is exceptional. He is a great player. I mean, there are certain things that Pogba can improve upon just like any other player. I'd like him to, to be, you know, direct in certain instances versus kind of dilly dallying on the ball sometimes. But in terms of his quality, it's never been in question and anyone who decides to question Paul Pogba's quality probably is not watching manchester united or probably doesn't know football well enough to 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 judge what great quality is. So in terms of Paul Pogba he came in and he showed exactly that moment of magic that you need from the x factor basically that you need from you know that pl- a player who is you know world class. That, that those are the moments we got from Ronaldo. That was the reason why manchester united broke the bank and you know, made Paul Pogba the, the, the you know the, the most expensive signing in history at the time. So it's it's not like Manchester United doesn't know and things like that, but we've gone through different eras and different issues and you know, and Pogba being involved in in you know in those really, really tough times, you know, he he could be a target because of his price tag and things like that, which is completely unfair by the way. People could judge him for his um um, you know, personal Lifestyle. I mean, personally, it's not my cup of tea. But yeah, he is a very, very expressive person. He's a happy guy. He's a happy-go-lucky kind of character. And sometimes that gets misjudged because people don't quite understand the cultural um aspect of who he is i mean culturally this is who he is and maybe you don't understand it and then you don't you take offense and blah 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 but again i also said well pogba also needs to do more to re- relate to people who may not understand him in ways that those people can understand him uh, w- without necessarily changing who he is so there's a nuance to it and a balance to be in a public figure but when you say oh you know i don't care about your opinion and if you don't care about my opinion then we don't typically we don't really go anywhere but then again he has the platform. But I would say again, the issue what most people have with Pogba has been how his agent has portrayed him and, you know, he has expressed the fact that he wanted to leave and things like that and those were the things that were challenging for us and and I think for me personally, towards the end of the season, last season, I had no understanding as to why Pogba was acting the way he was acting uh, in terms of kind of saying he wanted to leave and stuff like, oh sorry, t- towards the beginning of the season that he wanted to leave because he had just had his best season ever and I, I understand that the press didn't acknowledge him for that, Um, the, the, the you know, he wasn't the player of the year, um, you know, team, and people were wondering why. The reason was that that was his best return as a player. And I, I, don't, I don't understand. But again, going back to what I was saying, people like and Bands from the United Stand and a bunch of other people have this very, very misinformed notion that. Um, Oleggan Sosha doesn't love popo but he wants Paul Popper to stay he believes that popo by is the best but he says it all the time he he says it every single time he he gives a press conference whether people don't listen to it or not people choose not to want to hear it but you know in terms of kind of maybe people say oh he should have started well he, you know you're doing just that players you you go through a a number of decision points before you start a player you want to make sure that the the fitness team is happy with you starting him you want to make sure that he's feeling okay to play for a certain number of minutes you don't want to waste your substitutions too early so you have to make the decision as to when to start him and when to bring him out and we wanted to give him 30 minutes and that was it so he could play 30 minutes so Let's just put every other thing behind us. I understand negativity cells for these um, folks who like to pop pu- pu- up pu- negativity and love to just think that every single thing is either, is either in or out and is either black or white. And that said, there are no nuances. There are no in-betweens. How can fans know exactly what's going on behind the scenes when you're not there day in, day out, watching the training sessions, getting the information from the, 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 the medical staff, from the fitness coaches, from, from the player himself? Did Pogba come out and say, oh, I am angry because I have been dropped? No so it's these things you know i and i and i hear this kind of misinformation going out and people kind of buying it and it it pisses me off but well, i think we're in the age of misinformation generally speaking anyways so people p- put out you know misinformation and and just you know r- people run with it so please let's let's be more careful about this uh, moving forward so but anyways going back to Pogba he was exceptional and he had done this to Dyer before actually I think there was an, a friendly between France and and England where he did a very similar move to him so I think Pogba just enjoys toying with Dyer and his career once more again uh or whatever is left of it and it was just an amazing um Bruno you know cold cold finisher puts the penalty penalty now if you watch the replay of um the penalty uh Jetson Fernandez was uh gesturing to Hugo Lloris how Bruno Fernandez takes penalty you know the jump step uh and he was he was he was he was actually (laughs) remonstrating that um (laughs) But Bruno just went in and smashed it in. And, you know, this guy has taken 14 penalties. Now, there was a second penalty shout, and it did seem like Rashford was about to take it. And I think what I'll say about this is this. Look, Bruno Fernandes is um his cold when it comes to this. He is a finisher. He knows what he's doing. And I think he should be our penalty taker. I don't think we should... Um, move away from that and have this sort of confusion and things like that. If there is one person that you want to give your penalties, it's the person who's taken it fourteen times and without missing. I think so uh, for me, Bruno Fernandez should take all um the penalties okay, so um Mason Greenwood was wow now look the 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 talk before the the game started was that Mason Greenwood had had you know put on three k here or something like that um he's been walking out he's been really building up muscle he is filled out now so now he, he look <laughs> you know all the tackles now typically i think before the break the biggest problem we had with mason was that you know he was lightweight so he he got bullied off which is probably why we we're, we're you know we're starting people like Daniel James ahead of him because Daniel James still you know is a little bit stronger and rapid and things like that but now Man, Mason Greenwood is like a unit. Like he, uh, I, it, it was exciting to see. I mean, I think it was. I forget who it was. It was just bouncing off of him. He was so strong. He and that made me excited. That was, I think, the most exciting thing for me. Uh, to to, to have come out of <laughs> from the game was just Mason Greenwood's, uh, strength right now. And he almost won it at the at the end. And I, you guys know how much I love Mason Greenwood. I mean, he is. Oh, my God, he is talent. And I I wish he had started the game because I think that is the kind of game where you see Missing Greenwood. Because it's not just the the shots and the goals that he scores. It's all his decision-making. And if you look at all his passes, I think with the exception of just one pass, they are really accurate. Where he moves the ball, the 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 direction, the spaces he he, he takes on, it is just exceptional, and I'm I'm really excited uh, for Mason. And um, yeah, his strength is, is beautiful, and he almost just scored that goal. Like I was I was waiting uh, a second. He just, oh my god, this this Mason guy. I mean, anytime I talk about Mason, like you, you guys know, I'm always excited about him. He is, um, you know. He just makes me so happy for the future, and having a player like that is just—it's a blessing. I would say I would say that for sure. Um Matic was also amazing. I think Matic was really really good. I think when he came in, um, our defensive midfield area became a little bit much more solid. He played in dif- uh, in central mid in, in center back for a while before, um, Eric Bailly actually came in. I came on, and Eric Bailly was okay. Not not too much to do. Just came in to shore up the defense. Igallo didn't have uh, enough action, uh, in my opinion, so I can't really judge him. But yeah, he you know he pressed a little bit more and things like that. But I think besides that, that was just about it. But yeah, um, it was an exciting game. I think it was good that we got that penalt- uh, we got the equalizer uh, because we actually deserved to win that game. But again, this is against Spurs, and, and I think it's the hardest fixture that we have um, before we before the the season ends. So I think there's just not much we could. You know, we, we, we shouldn't be too worried about it. I think we it was it was an okay um uh, point to take. So we took four points from them this season. That's not not that's not too bad, <laughs> is it? That's not too bad. Um, so um, Olegan and Socha, you know, um, I think you know said it summed it all it, it was a disappointing uh, result but uh, i think a promising uh, performance to show that you know we're 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 fit we we can go the distance um looking ahead there's just so much to look forward to uh, we're going to have so many games to play much more than most other teams around us so i think when we look at the top 6 race um yeah, sorry, the top four race. Uh, we have to also think about the fact that we have Europa League as, as another option, It's a fallback option, and I think it's a good thing that we have that because, I mean, I think it's going to be really, really, really difficult because we're, we're level on points with Wolves. We're two points ahead of Sheffield United, I think four points ahead of Tottenham, and five points behind Chelsea. So that's a, a significant gap to cover uh, in eight games. However, because we have um, Europa League and And FA Cup, there are other things to look forward to. And so if we ended up in fifth, or, or even sixth, then we won the Europa League I think that would be a decent one for for Ole uh, of course we want to be in the top four of course we want to do it uh, but yes our season you know probably didn't kick start for there were a lot of you know false starts and stops and injuries and the, those sort of things that derailed the season I'm happy and excited for for next season let's hope that we can finish strong this season I believe that we will based on the evidence of what we saw on on Friday um, moving forward ho- hopefully uh, you know both Bruno um, starts in the same game. is going to be exceptional. I want to see more of Mason Greenwood. I want to see what he's going to look like. He is so strong. He is filled out. I'm so happy for that. Um, so he's, he's becoming a man. And I think um, that is going to be really huge for us. I think the biggest thing for us, to come out of lockdown, it's not just Marcus Rashford and Pogba coming back, but just that sort of buddy that 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 that, <laughs> that um, Greenwood has acquired is just uh, amazing. And um, I think against Sheffield United on Wednesday, it's going to be a very very tough game. It's going to be a very tough game. Uh, these guys don't play around; they don't concede a lot of goals. But I think we should have some faith. I mean, um, the 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 goalkeepers is uh, Henderson is not going to be playing. Of course, he can't play against his parent club. Um um when you look at um uh Edgin who's who's one of their the the center backs is out as well. So we, we might have some opportunities to to actually win that game. And if I think if we can win that game at least we can put uh, you know, their own threats to rest and then, you know, look forward and hopefully uh Wolfhampton are able to drop points and Chelsea hopefully drop points. But at, at this point I think we should just mind our own kind of business. I don't want to – d I'm not one of those who feels that you know, top four is a do or die this season. I think that's starting from where we're starting from, you know, the way the season went, it was always going to be a difficult task for us, Uh, but I think we're growing into something that is going to be exciting. So, uh, for me, this is dress rehearsal for next season, but yes, there's a lot to play for for this season. a lot of things to take into consideration, Um, and I I feel like we're going to get there. I feel like we're going to get there. So, um. Yeah. I'm. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, for Wednesday, can't wait for the game on Wednesday. Um. And yeah. And, and the rest of the games. It's been. It's been beautiful. It's. I've been so excited. I've been so giddy. I've been so happy. Um. And it's great kind of uh, chatting with you guys and and giving sharing my thoughts on on what happened over the weekend and especially with Manchester United against Tottenham. Uh, Jose Mourinho I said a few weird things <laughs> and I, I forgot to mention that but he he said the first penalty wasn't a penalty but anyway Jose just being Jose he packed the bus in a very very strange way um you know he he said he was trying to limit us and things like that but that's just Jose but I think clearly that Friday game told us why Jose is no longer the, the manager at Manchester United and I'm glad that he's not so anyways guys it's a uh, pleasure again uh talking about football talking about actual games now we can make some predictions now we can do more stuff i'm gonna come back uh with another review after the wednesday game just to chat through how that game went and other games as well uh but up till then have a great one cheers